What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? This is Ryan Kramer with Ping Pong Payments, another episode of uh, crossover commerce. I'm joined by the lovely Emma of Marketing by Emma. Well, I love. I mean, obviously the name is like kind of gives it away, so it's kind of a sneak peek into uh, who we're talking with today. But Emma's been great. Uh, she's been a, a guest with us on our webinar series, talking about um, building out listings, building out content, and how you can brand yourself through e-commerce that way. Um, I was so kind of moved by that. I asked her and reached out to her that. Hey, I just want to kind of know your backstory, kind of know a little bit more about you. Uh, obviously, you love storytelling. Uh, so I kind of deemed this this topic when we were talking about this uh, beforehand, uh, selling through storytelling. So I just want to kind of bring Emma on the podcast and talk to everyone about you know what her background is, more about who she is, who's Emma, and uh, kind of where she got to today, and then kind of go into more in-depth about branding, um, more about you know everything that they do on a company level, and then... Uh, any Q&As that they pop up, feel free to list them below in the comments on either YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn Live. Uh, this is one of our first ones that we're going live on LinkedIn. So feel free to comment below, and we'll go ahead and get those over to Emma. So Emma, why don't you take away for a quick intro? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan, and for that introduction. I am very happy to be here this morning to speak with you. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Marketing by Emma. My husband and I are business partners, and we started our company back in 2016. And we work primarily with online businesses, helping them to really communicate in a way that's going to be compelling, engaging, um, and and converting their dream customers. So excited to talk here today, answer any questions that you might have. And I can't say that I'll be able to leave anybody with that idea of who is Emma, because I, I I think I'm still working on figuring that <laughs> out, but perhaps we can <laughs> find some I think we've all, I think we've all had a little bit more of like, who who are we as people during the pandemic time? But like, that's an existential question. I think we all want to ask me. <laughs> I'll ask ourselves one time or another, but yeah. Uh, so for everyone joining, thanks for joining. I know we have people from India, like good, uh, good morning, uh, Pravin, like good morning, everyone from all over the world. That's, this is super exciting for us to go live on LinkedIn for the first time and to quick introduce, introduce myself again. My name is Ryan Kramer. I work with ping pong payments. Uh, just a quick, what we do, we're an international cross-border payment solution, uh, a uh, company that we help people save more more money on Amazon or selling in the e-commerce space. But Emma is a co-founder with her husband, which, you know, we've talked a little bit about, but Emma, yeah, kind of what, I guess from your background, what, what kind of made you look at your husband and say, Hey, you know what we should do? We should start our own business together. Like what, what? what's kind of that like process like as a, as a person who's, you know, married to somebody who wants to go into business with the other person, you can't just like, you know, quit your husband, like what's kind of that, you know, that relationship like on a day to day basis? So it didn't happen that way at all. It actually was sort of <laughs> reverse. That's good. Uh, yeah. So I, at the time, uh, around the time that we were beginning to sow the seeds for this business, I was actually working doing marketing and sales for a health and wellness product company, you know, going to trade shows and helping with their website copy and everything. And I think my husband sensed that something was shifting there and that I was getting a little restless because I'm somebody that I get bored really easily. Like I, I kind of like love the stress and the challenge of figuring something out. Of course, if you ask me how I feel in the moment, I'm probably complaining and saying how much I hate it. But I like that um, that sort of pursuit of finding the answer. And so he sensed that. And I came home from a business trip and he had lined up all of these emails and calls that I was supposed to be taking that next week with a bunch of Amazon sellers that he said were interested in working with me. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds really silly. 
No, and he is a very stubborn person. And fortunately, he was stubborn enough to keep pushing and keep trying to show me uh, what opportunity was there. And I'm so glad that he did because now uh, over four years later, or just around four years, I guess, we are here and able to work <laughs> with people all over the world. And uh, he definitely saw saw what there was and showed me the way. That's awesome. So yeah, what's, so obviously you're working at, I mean, I'm assuming you guys are working from home full time right now. What's kind of that experience been like, you know, from the beginning of your four experience to like where it is right now, how have you guys shifted to change your business practice? How are you interacting with clients differently? Obviously you can't go, there's not many trade shows that you're going out interacting, shaking hands with people. What's kind of that, that shift in business been like for you and him? Yeah, I mean, we were traveling on a pretty much monthly basis, either to conferences for speaking engagements or to trade shows or for other types of meetings. And so that's been the biggest shift. So I think we're both a little stir crazy and a little eager to be able to <laughs> get out of the house. Sometimes it feels a little bit like a reality show because also we're both living and breathing this business. And now there is truly no separation, both right. because we're working at home all the time and we work together. Um, but aside from that, our business has never been stronger. You know, there's been such tremendous growth in the e-commerce space. And so we feel very fortunate to be in a position to help all of these companies, whether they're just starting an e-commerce or they've been working for a while and really want to see what potential they can unlock with really great uh, content to aid them in their goals. So I guess, yeah. So for people who aren't aware of what you guys do at Marketing by Emma, what, what's kind of your background and philosophy on a business perspective? And then like maybe go into a personal sp perspective, like what do you think that you and your husband think that set you guys apart from, you know, any other agency, if you want to call them our service provider, or maybe just, you know, uh, an expert, if you will. Um, in, in the field, um, we're not, I, I don't consider myself an expert and I know you're talking about like, we're always constantly learning, but what's kind of like that one thing that sets that you guys do at your business and then what sets you apart from everyone else, if, if you want to call it that way. Sure. So my background is writing first and foremost, and not even marketing writing. I sort of fell into marketing writing in a professional sense because very early on in my job experience, as soon as an employer would discover that I was able to write even semi-decently, they're like, here, take this newsletter task. Here, we want to start a blog, you know, because this was also like over 10 years ago when those things were... <laughs> So, those you know, are the it anyway. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different world then. Uh, but so at first, it was something that I just kind of fell into. And then as I fell into it, I really started to discover a strong interest in it. And the more that I learned about different elements of psychology and, and story and and trying to piece all of that together, I just became more and more interested in how you can use words in a marketing sense. And so that eventually transitioned into working with e-commerce businesses. And, you know, one of the challenges when you're selling online is that you don't have the ability to have those face-to-face -face interactions. You have mm -hmm you know, you have your landing page, you have your Amazon listing, and that's sort of it. That's That needs to build trust, that needs to build excitement, that needs to communicate all of those just important basic details that somebody needs to understand about your product or your business. And so it needs to do a lot. And then on top of all of that, you <laughs> are looking for very limited attention spans and right. You know, the YouTube videos and the Netflix and the Instagram alerts and like everything is constantly wanting to pull you away from things. And so figuring out how to not just grab that attention, but then maintain it long enough to hopefully create an opportunity for that transaction that you are going for. So whether it's actually 
adding to cart and making that sale or reaching out to get more information or whatever the case may be. And so we work with Amazon sellers, we work with e-commerce businesses, helping them create marketing writing that is going to help hold that attention and motivate customers to do what it is that you would like them to do. And I think what really differentiates us is, is we are very specific in what we do. So we are not a one-stop shop. We don't do the photography. We don't do the management. We know writing. So we know everything that you need to do to create an effective Amazon listing. So from the SEO side, and then also from even just the navigating Amazon's terms of service, which are constantly changing and can be a little bit tricky at times constantly to figure changing. out. Exactly. <laughs> figure out how to maneuver in a way that, uh, you know, you can put your product in the very best light, but that you're also not saying anything that might get your listing suppressed. So there's a lot of those just sort of baseline things that you need to do. And then on top of all of that, you want to make it engaging and interesting and, and motivating. So there's a lot of things that you're needing to do simultaneously. And we have worked with people all over the world and they seem to like what we're doing. And, and we, we love working with <laughs> a happy, them. A happy customer is always a great customer. Right. So I guess, I guess, That's I guess true. in that, I guess in that um, time frame, the, when you guys started to now, like there's been so much that's evolved and changed, you know, I, I know since, I've been in an industry, I've been on both sides of it. I've been both a manufacturer and distributor on a wholesale company um, that also sold on Amazon, happened to sell brick and mortar, but also sold on Amazon, right? So I've seen that side of things, but then I've also been with a SaaS and FinTech company, uh, currently with obviously Ping Pong, but uh, I've seen so many different sides of the spectrum. What, from your business uh, point of view, what has changed the most in your time working with sellers, working on the both Amazon and off of Amazon, what, what's kind of changed the most, do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the main things is when we got started in the Amazon space, it was very different than what it is today. It was far less competitive. At that time, I think that most customers didn't even understand that there were third-party sellers. They just thought that if they were on Amazon, they were buying something from Amazon. Exactly. Uh, and so you could kind of get away with a lot more. You could get away with having poorer quality listings and doing a bunch of keyword stuffing and, you know, having these incredibly long bullets and just all this stuff. I mean, even um, at the time, it was called EBC, Enhanced Brand Content, what's now called A Plus Content, that mm -hmm. was very new and didn't look very good. And it was questionable, you know, whether it was even worth doing. And so there has been, you know, Amazon has come a long way, the cu customers have become far savvier, and the marketplace has become a lot more competitive. And so that means that you can't just get away with uh, you know, throwing up a listing or having this really random assortment of products in your catalog if you're really wanting to build a business with longevity. And so it's matured a lot. And I think that's also even more so with everything that started with the pandemic back in February, March, showing the need for diversifying as well. So you're playing a risky game if all of your eggs are exclusively in the Amazon basket. And so also people, you know, people that were very happy to just say, okay, I sell on Amazon, I can make great money here. Why would I make the effort to do all of these other things? And we've been shown why even if you have a really successful business on Amazon, it is worth diversifying and making sure that you are, you know, exploring what other channels you have available to you for selling and connecting with customers. Is that what's the most exciting thing about right now for you? Would you say is like, hey, it, just kind of broadening that scope, if you will, like that, that makes you as a, an entrepreneur, you know, once you diversify, but also you have to stay up on the education. Like, for example, Shopify is different, uh, you know, marketplace than Rakuten or WooCommerce or, you know, where all these different marketplaces that you have to be up to date and compliant on you, that kind of separates yourself. It's like, Hey, we are the foremost expert on these kinds of spaces. And this is why obviously Amazon's the biggest 
market share clearly um, all over the world. What what do you think? Um, is, is that something that is exciting for you? Is that daunting for you? Like what, what's kind of like the, no. not to put you yeah. on the spot, but is that, no. what's that look like? That's really exciting for me because the other piece that this brings into things is the importance of branding. And, of you know, we, we talked at the very beginning about how storytelling is something that's really important. And those types of elements become even more necessary to invest in as a company when you are, first of all, just having such so much competition, but then also when you start to think about going onto these other platforms and selling through these other channels, you want to have a cohesive, compelling story so that people aren't seeing one version of you on Facebook, another version of you on Amazon, and then a whole different other version of you when they go to your website. And you know, it's I think it's pretty common for customers. Let's say they're looking on Amazon, they find your product, it looks interesting. There's a good chance they're going to go into Google and search and make sure that you're a legitimate company and see what people are saying on you outside of Amazon. And so you want to make sure that there's cohesion there and you want to do the best possible job that you can to try to win that customer, not just for that initial sale, but to invest in trying to cultivate a relationship because, you know, the first the customer acquisition is very expensive and takes a lot of effort. And so if you can turn those people into repeat customers or people that are so thrilled with what you're doing that they wanna tell other people about it, then you are really helping to make the that effort and that money go much further. Sure. And and just that, building yeah. a stronger business. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that kind of leads us into one of your major points that you make as a, as a company is branding is key. No matter what you're doing, on your listing, like your listing is like your, your company's storefront. Like what you're trying to do is tell a story. You're trying to, you know, tell everyone, not just buy me for this one widget item product, whatever you want to call it. You want to make sure that they come back in a repeat and they will come to you whenever they need you again. So what's kind of like your philosophy on that, on that side of things, would you say? Yeah. So it's interesting because Amazon has also been giving us a lot of indications that branding is something not to be ignored by sellers, you know, that you're constantly churning out new privileges and different things that you can do if you are brand registered. I even have just seen a new beta feature for an A plus content module that's called the brand story content module, which is an eighth, you know, you're typically allowed seven modules. This is an eighth module mm -hmm. that you can apply to all of your listings. And it is the it is to tell people who you are, where you come from, and why you're doing what you're doing. So if Amazon is testing out some of these things, they're saying, hey, this is important and customers care about these things. And we want to make sure that we are helping communicate that information so we can continue to maintain our you know, dominance in the marketplace. Um, and so... I got a little bit carried, carried away oh, no, here. No, you're fine. Um, we can go on all these different <laughs> tangents and I'll bring us back. That's why I'm here. For. No, it's so I, I think I've seen that too. So Amazon's constantly changing, like you said, to a point that we're bringing back from earlier. And like for everyone, I'll, I'll kind of reintroduce us to kind of like bring us back uh, again for anyone who's joining us live on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, my name is Ryan Kramer. I work for Ping Pong Payments. I'm the host of the show e Crossover Commerce. Uh, what we're doing is we're, I'm, I've been lucky enough to meet people and know people like Emma, who uh, is my guest today. Uh, she's with Marketing by Emma, uh, which is, I still think is the greatest name ever to name a company after yourself. I would never do it after myself because my last name is Kramer and it instantly brings up things like Seinfeld or other ridiculous things like that. Anyways, uh, what we're doing here is we're talking about Emma is really passionate and her company's focus is on content branding. Uh, for listings. And that's all they do. They don't diversify in other things like product photography, PPC, things like that. Their sole passion is about, you know, building out great content within your listing. And they're the one of the foremost experts in the space that I've known out there that are constantly um, staying up to date, uh, you know, for their customers, for their, for their happy customers, I should say. Uh, and for, uh, you know, everyone out there who is looking for just kind of that leg up and how to, you know, set themselves apart from other kinds of companies, other kinds of products and services. Like you said, it's a very competitive landscape. So 
Um, but that being said, I, I think branding is the one thing that we were talking about in terms of like, what's new with Amazon, like Amazon's coming out with like video content to show like how a product works. That's a new way that people are starting to set themselves apart from how their product and their brand looks like, how it feels, how it sounds like even, um, what, what's kind of your take on, on that aspect of things? Cause you said there's another module that they're adding on. Yeah, so there's another module, you know, even brand stores are now appearing in the search bar. So there's lots of things that are pointing towards this piece of branding being something that you don't want to ignore. And I think that when people hear branding, a lot of times they kind of have a narrow view of what that is. So they think, okay, well, it's the colors that we use. It's the logo that we have. It's, you know, and it, it's more of those kind of marketing decisions. A lot of times, even specifically in the visual realm. But branding is really everything that you do. You know, branding is the language that you use to communicate and why you choose to use one word over another word. It's the story that you have, you know, your origin story of why you are doing what you're doing and what you're hoping to achieve and the kind of future you're wanting to create. It's also about how you interact with your customers and with your employees and with, all of your suppliers and everybody behind closed doors. So it's really this uh, whole concept that you are constantly embodying, whether you're thinking about it or not. And the more thoughtful that you can be about those things, the better job you can make sure that there is continuity um, and that it is also in line with what it is that you are trying to do and present yourself. And, and that's really motivating to people. You know, people can identify when something is authentic versus when something is just a facade or sort of like a marketing ploy. That was really apparent early on in the pandemic and seeing how companies were communicating around mm -hmm. that whole situation, you know? So some companies were just not some, a lot of companies were sending out these <laughs> a emails. A lot more than we want to, yeah, were, a lot like, more than like what we want to admit. Right. Like it was the same email that I think, you know, we all received a hundred times at least. Like we're taking this seriously and protecting our customers. But there were a few that really took the time to create thoughtful messaging to communicate uh, in a human way. And that really, I think, was able to create, to resonate, to stand out, to start to forge even deeper relationships with people so that now that that time feels like a really long time ago, but there's a good chance that the companies that did that well are in a much stronger position today because they chose to really be true to who they are as people and the kind of business that they want to be in this world, regardless of what's going on. Yeah, because ultimately your storefront, whoever brand or brand you're building yourself up, ultimately that's a reflection on you. Like. Um, as an individual, as a business person uh, across the world, that that is that ultimate reflection, not, you know, cutting corners, doing it the right way and making sure that, you know, people trust you. Because at the end of the day, you're not interacting with the person who's selling this, uh, this product, right? It's the person, you know, you're interacting with the words or the pictures or, you know, the, the storefront that they've built for you as a potential customer and hoping that's enough and it translates over to who you are to make them convert. So I, I 100% agree with you. Like the people who put the time and effort, I think ultimately it comes out and yields great favor for them. Um, so I, we've been getting a lot of questions. This is super exciting for us. Um, I'm going to throw some up here uh, for us. So Asuma um, from Revolt, um, he, he asks you, Emma, do you consider Shopify as a potential business partner? And he maybe have joined a little bit earlier. We touched a little bit about Shopify. What do you consider Shopify? Do you consider them a potential partner or do you, you know, kind of stray away from those kinds of marketplaces? What's kind of your take on that? You know, so Shopify, we actually use Shopify for our own website. Um, it, it is a platform that you can use to host your website and sell online. And they are continually doing a lot of really interesting things. For example, if you sell on Shopify, you can very easily list your products onto Google, onto Facebook. So there's a lot of really great um, 
great integrations there that allow you to get your brand out there beyond just Amazon. It's also very simple to use. So I'm a big fan of Shopify. Uh, you know, there are other platforms out there. So you do want to make sure that that's the right option for you, uh, you know, with things like how much it costs for payment processing and all of those sorts of things. But we've been using Shopify now for um, probably a year and a half. And we've been very, very happy with them and don't don't have any <clears throat> desire to change. And, you know, we don't sell a physical product. We sell a service, mm -hmm. but it works great for us. And I think they have a lot of awesome features. If you do sell a physical product that would make it even, even more compelling of a, of a company to check out. Awesome. And then, uh, I know a, a couple other people, Lisa had asked, uh, she's always interested to know, maybe she joined a little bit uh, later in the show. She's interested to know why people started their Amazon business. Um, and as a consumer, they, she, I think this is more a statement, like why she's more inclined to purchase with the seller with a unique story. And I think that's what you're touching on is that brand is really is how more personal it gets, the more it comes across. And I think people kind of relate to that more. Uh, I know in our webinar that we had with you a few weeks back is that um, you were talking about almost like an A-B test, right? Of in, almost in the infographic section of when you can actually put about your business and who people are more inclined to go with. I think you were the one who were talking about, was it the fire fireman's uh, coffee? What, oh, that, the, um, Black Rifle Coffee Company. That sure. Coffee Company, yeah. That, that instantly comes to mind because every time you say that, I instantly think, oh my gosh, I never I never actually like thought about that as a consumer, but I think I do lean to, lean to that more than I would as if like, hey, this is like a product to get out there where you can tell it's like too quick and to sell it as fast as possible. But this person actually put their heart and soul into this business and like it literally comes across on the page. Um, I thought that was just super cool example. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we have on YouTube, we listed our whole webinar with Emma um, and our team. Uh, go check it out. Um, I, I was so compelled by that conversation. We had to have her back, obviously. So um, I guess, Emma, what, what's kind of like your other takes on um, an e-commerce? Do you see like other major... I won't call it forecasting because I never like to forecast. I never want to put that on people. What do you see as like a trend? Do you see a lot more people trying to, as far as like diversifying outside of Amazon, do you see people more go international other than other platforms or marketplaces? What's kind of that based upon you as a business owner, do they try to diversify internationally and get that translation service or do they, would they rather just like put that on another platform within the same marketplace or within I the same yeah, in a country or whatever. I think it's really about understanding your product, your the demand for your product, and what makes the most sense for what you're doing. Uh, so, I'm not an expert on international markets, so I'm I'm not the best one to comment on that. But sure. I do know that in diversifying your business and at least exploring whether there might be some good opportunities there on you know on a on a platform like Walmart or your own website like Shopify you are only at, at the very least seeing what's out there you know you don't have to commit to anything by just doing some homework and some research and it's quite possible that you'll stumble upon something that could be a really great move for your business and, and you know we live in a time where we don't uh, lack options. You know, it, it, we have the opposite problem. We have too many options and everything and <laughs> it makes so decisions true. incredibly challenging. You know, there's that decision fatigue, which is something very real that I feel all the time. And they say that it's actually all the small decisions that we're making all of the time that is what really tires us. And, and those are also the ones that we tend to deliberate on much more than the big choices, you know? So we might buy a house after seeing it once or twice, but to to decide what dish soap to use, we might hem and haw over those few different pages and go back and forth for a week or two, and then we're out of dish soap. You know, I mean, it's it's silly, but that's kind of 
I know that to be true with myself. And I know that that's true uh, for a lot of other people as well. And so figuring out how you can make that choice easier for people, first of all, it will just be welcome to the to your customers. But it's also something that can really help make positive change for your business. Because like, let's go specifically to Amazon again. How many times do you search for a product and you open the top three to five sellers and their pages look exactly the same? Their photos are the same. Their pictures are the same. It's all written in very generic language that's kind of very broad. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, or like lacking key information, you know, just none of it's particularly compelling, but also it all seems the same. And so you're sitting there like, okay, well, this one has 2000 reviews, but like the most recent reviews are all really negative. And this one has 500, but I'm not sure if it has this one. And so you're kind of just left in this in between ground and can't make up your mind. Uh, and so if as a seller, you can figure out how to differentiate yourself, then you can make that decision so much more seamless for your customers. And a lot of that comes down to the branding. Your product itself may not be that different, but who you are probably is. And so the better job that you can differentiate yourself rather than, you know, because I think that desire is to copy what the top people are doing. But in doing that, you're really just diluting yourself because they already have the top spot. Right. And so if you're just trying to be like them, they already have, you know, they already have way more reviews than you and they already have better ranking. And so if you're just trying to copy them, you're making it easier for customers to choose them over you. But if you can say, okay, where can I really differentiate myself? How can I, you know, what what are those points that these companies are missing? Or what is it about my story or what I'm trying to do that makes me unique? It can be a little bit scary to do that, especially because it may turn some people away. But at that same time that you're turning some people away, you're also getting a lot of other people really excited. And so that's how you can really start to, shift things and make yourself a, a player in the game. That makes sense. And obviously, you know, people like yourselves, you see it every single day. What, what's kind of the number one thing that you as a consultant or as a service provider, what do you see people struggling with the most? Is it that translation over into like a personable, you know, brand or in kind of step away from that, like genericness of the listing? What's kind of that number one takeaway? And then is there one thing that's really surprised you in that someone on a, like a customer has like taught you something like that you didn't think about from before? Like, what are those? I know they're two separate questions. I guess I can split them out, but what, what, what would you say about those? Yeah. I mean, customers are constantly teaching us all the time, everything from just being able to take a peek into their business to just, you know, I'm a perfectionist, which can be really detrimental uh, in a lot of ways, but also means that we are constantly striving to learn and be better. So I see the world as full of learning opportunities, even, you know, like if a team member makes a mistake, it's, I don't go into some, you know, why did you do that? It's more about (laughs) like, where did things go wrong here and what's the lesson to be had and how can we strengthen our systems or change things to try to minimize the likelihood of that happening again. So I can't point one specific aha moment recently, but I at the same time know that they are happening um, all of the time. I think if I were to say the biggest mistake It's this idea that there are these, it might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but the idea that there are all of these very finite rules that you have to follow when it comes to your keywords and certain things on Amazon that people allow to supersede the quality of the writing and how you present yourself. And I think that that has started to shift somewhat, but there is still, I think this almost anxiety on the part of a lot of sellers that like, no, I need all of those words in this first bullet. And 
it's a real, you know, Amazon is a very sophisticated company and their algorithm is also very sophisticated. So to think that like the only place that you have in order to, to rank for that word is if you put it in the title is just a little bit uh, simplistic. So I would say understanding that it's gonna be a little bit of trial and error, that things like keywords are really important, but to not let those types of little details override the need to present your your business in a way that is going to be professional and be very customer forward. Because Amazon wants to make the sale. So yeah. if you have the keywords that you need, but it's, your listing isn't written in a way that's going to be converting customers, it doesn't matter. Amazon wants to help make those transactions as quick and seamless as possible. So you, you, it's not just the keywords, it's understanding what it is that customers care about and how you can communicate with them in a way that's going to make them say, yes, this is the product for me. I don't have to waste any more time. I'm clicking buy now. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the key for everything. Um, I'm going to quick reintroduce this real quick. So if you need a quick swig of coffee or something like that, um, uh, for I everyone who's joining. Yeah, exactly. Might as well take it away. Um, I got my dad mug here, so I'll go ahead. I always love bringing this on when I'm, you know, thinking about it ahead of time. Uh, not really, but anyone uh, for joining us on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and YouTube live. My name is Ryan Kramer. I work for uh, Ping Pong. Um, I'm the affiliate marketing manager here, and my job is to connect uh, you, our audience to people like Emma, uh, Emma has a company called marketing by Emma. Their sole job is to work with Amazon sellers, e-commerce sellers, anyone who's selling online and help them realize their branding potential and help them build out their listings. Um, they're one of the foremost experts here in the United States. Um, I'm assuming you have international clients as well. Uh, maybe that's an assumption I shouldn't have made, but Hey, I just threw it out there. So no, do you have correct. They have international clients too. So anyone yeah. overseas, uh, feel free to reach them out. Uh, we'll kind of go over that at the end um, and wrap up with that. But she's been gracious enough to kind of hop on again. We we did a webinar with her and a couple other uh, of our other partners in the space. But Emma has such a compelling backstory of just like how they started, you know, how she's helping people. I know she's in the education circuit. I know you're promoting or you're speaking at another event, what, this week or something like that I saw posted recently. I'm, I'm yeah two more events like that and she joined and she joined our little show like she's she's all over the place she's like she's constantly asking like hey what what can we talk about um the point of this show uh crossover commerce is to bring people on to give an unbiased you know kind of like a very philosophical way of looking at um looking at e-commerce and how we can help people grow or quote level up uh their education and how they can sell online and become great entrepreneurs uh so that's why i brought emma on she's been fantastic uh we have plenty more uh, guests on you know later today i actually have a recording with somebody and then later this week but back to emma um emma i have a question um you've never sold on amazon correct no okay neither have i so what would be, of all the different products and things out there, what would you say, if you were an Amazon seller right now, what would the one product or widget be that you would definitely have to sell? I guess it's not an inside, do not take this as professional, like anyone <laughs> out there, do not write this down and say like, I need to sell this product. This is not a suggestion. This is all opinion based. <laughs> Disclaimer. So Go I ahead. guess if I, if I knew the answer to that question, maybe I would be selling it. Maybe. But right? I... I really like being on the service provider side of things. And, you know, I mentioned that I get bored really easily. Mm -hmm. And I also, I'm not somebody that's afraid to change my opinion, which is also one of the reasons that I've never gotten a tattoo because I knew that if I ever got, <laughs> if I ever got a tattoo, then, you know, a year later, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this image is stuck on my body for the rest of my life. And I hate it. They're at the same point of view every, <laughs> yeah, whether it, wherever it is, you have to stare at the same point of view. Yeah, forever. I just... And so for a product, you know, I've had, I've had like fun ideas over, over the years. Um, but I, 
never anything that I was serious enough, even a month later, to want to invest that much time, energy, and resources into building out. And I honestly, I'm not sure if I'm the kind of person that has the disposition to sell um, to sell goods. I, I just think that I'm better suited for for the service space, at right. least for this stage in my life. That makes sense. I mean, that makes complete sense. I've always thought about that too. I was like, because uh, the reason why I asked that is because you never, you never know by the people you're talking to. You can have like, for example, the the, the biggest uh, brawnest person, and they selling like baby toys or like you know, women, you know, something that's completely different than what their you know their perception is. Um, but but that's kind of the beauty of e-commerce, right? Is like selling from the comfort of your home, uh, having your own business, and scaling that appropriately. Um, what, what's kind of, uh, I'm kind of going off, like not more of a philosophical way. I'm kind of just a get to know you. What's kind of the thing you missed most about, uh, now that we're in a, we're in the midst of a pandemic, what's the thing you missed most about, you know, what you were doing before then? Oh my gosh. Um, man, I, did I take things for granted? <laughs> Right, I you know, know. I was complaining about sometimes like my crazy travel schedule. I mean, last year around this time, we were getting ready to go to China, and you know, had a had that was just the end of a lot of other traveling. You know, we went to Vegas a few times and uh, quite a few other places. Uh, so travel is definitely something that I really miss. But as much as I miss that, I think. I miss just every the world feeling a little bit less anxiety ridden. Uh, maybe that sounds a little too um, mushy, but I just feel like with everything going on, it heightens everybody with their responses to everything. And so it just feels the world just feels like a very stressful place and uh, I miss things not being quite so stressful. And, you know, things like right. seeing family without thinking about who's been safe and who had, you know, like, cause you have like, everybody has their own version of what um, smart choices are during this time. And even right. that is a very divisive and stressful topic. Exactly. And so, you know, like, figuring out how to navigate holidays like Thanksgiving becomes more challenging. And yeah, so. as a, and as a parent, I will say too, I know a lot of parents who are listening right now, sending your, even your children back to school or e-learning or things like that. I think, I think the thing I'm thankful more of the most is like the time you get to spend with your family. I mean, you, like you said, you work with your husband. I just think like the time for granted, a lot of people like just what those priorities are in terms of like business or, Hey, I can stay up later and hammer out some more emails or go outside with my son and play Frisbee like I did yesterday. Uh, it was super fun. And like, it, it's stuff like that. that I think that we all, even though we're all work really hard, um, I know as entrepreneurs out there listen to this, they're probably working new way. Um, obviously just take time to your family or to yourself and just like find ways to better, you know, make, get yourself through the day, I should say, especially during a time like this. And obviously we want everyone to stay safe out there. However, that looks like to you, you know, take that safety, you know, in, in your own steps um, as well. So we'll, we'll get off of the really sad topics of pandemic. <laughs> no, but you know, it's I feel like it runs the world right now. Like, honestly, it, like it, it, it's changed a lot. It, it does. And I think it also kind of points to challenges that I think e-commerce business owners have been dealing with for a long time, which is that sitting by yourself at home in front of a computer all day, every day is really isolating. And now more of the world is in positions like that, but it is bringing to the surface a lot of challenges that I think a lot of people have been dealing with long before all of this started. And so like something that I did recently is even though we have more opportunity for family time, we weren't really necessarily making the most of right. it. And so, you know, it was something where we were just working longer hours and I was feeling very close to burnout. And so I reconfigured my phone. I took work email off of my phone. I have it go mute on certain things at 6 p.m. And I'm That's starting awesome. to reclaim some of 
my personal time and my life. And over the last few weeks, it has made such a positive difference. Like we've had really nice weekends. You know, we're not doing things exciting, but even just going on long walks outside and enjoying mm-hmm. time together that's not talking about business. And um, my parents live in town, so we have the good fortune of being able to see them a lot. And we played board games together and, you know, watch silly things on Netflix. And those types of things really are what is sustaining me and um, bringing me a lot of joy right now. For sure. And we're lucky enough to work in an industry where you don't have to be in person too. Like obviously a lot of people have unfortunately lost their jobs for working in, you know, in offices or, you know, brick and mortar or blue collar jobs or, you know, just jobs in general where they have to scale back for no fault of their own. They just, for business reasons, have to make those decisions. And I think that's why, um, especially nowadays, like you, I, I, I've kind of made this like very general statement of a pandemic has amplified what's already been there. Like you had said, like it's all been brewing, but it's accelerated it. And the statement I make that the most is it's yeah. accelerated selling online and the importance of what online consumer behavior is going to drive the economy in the future because it's not going away. And as much as I love walking into a bookstore and like looking at a tangible item, just the sheer convenience is if we are stuck in a uh, pandemic era, you can't go outside, you have a laptop and like the necessity or you have your phone and being able to purchase like goods and service or goods and services with a click of a button is super dangerous. First off, it's super, it's super, super dangerous. Like I've gone through more Amazon boxes in my entire life in like these six months than I ever had in like as an adult. But I mean, it's also exciting too, because you can see the opportunity, which is why I kind of have this different look on, I think Amazon and other e-commerce shopping is just going to like be even more competitive and then also more lucrative for everyone in part, because there's just services and products that are out there that are just not available online, but they will become uh, soon, I think. Like, um, so that, that's kind of my, my soapbox, if you will. Um, what is, what, as a professional, and maybe other people are looking at that, what, as events go online, are there places that you consider education that you kind of stay up to date on Amazon information? Um, what's kind of like your go-to, like whether it's a newsletter you get every single day, a business magazine, um, an event, uh, a digital event, what, what's kind of that go-to that you've found very, super successful during this time? Uh, I don't think it's one thing in particular, you know, uh, Facebook provides a great space to be able to connect with all sorts of different people, both in groups specifically geared towards people that sell on Amazon or online, but also just with the ease of being able to stay connected with people all over the world. So that's not one specific, you know, company or event or anything like that. But I would definitely say that that has been my best tool, both before, uh, you know, kind of came tumbling down and, and now even more so after that. So, um, yeah, I, I would, I would say Facebook and, you know, just the longer that you're in the space, the more relationships that I have. So, you know, I, I know people in a variety of different specialties that I'm grateful kind of keep me up to date on the things mm-hmm. that they're seeing and, and vice versa. So it's sort of just like a constant osmosis of information, you know, right. and then <laughs> I always like, I'm skeptical of of like everything. So anytime that I see something, I'm like, okay, let's dig in. Let's make sure that there's actually validity to this. And it's not some <laughs> rumor that we started five years ago that is making a resurgence. You're not verifying on, t- you're not verifying on Twitter or anything like that. You're, you're not just taking your information as a, no. as a stream through. No. Exactly. That's good. And I think, <laughs> I think in, in Amazon in particular, you should take everything with a grain of salt and try to find, um, you know, either straight from the source or enough corroborating evidence that makes you confident that that is, in fact, the case, because rumors spread really quickly. And it's something that, you know, if you if you believe the wrong thing, you could even put your um, account in jeopardy. So right. Don't do and that. kind of 
Yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Read everything that comes from Amazon, first and foremost, like in your Seller Central account. Um, and I think the biggest one that recently came out was just the change in messaging that came out. Um, and my friends over at, you know, Feedback Wiz are constantly like, hey, this is coming. Be be ready for it. Um, and just like how people have been able to, like, like you said earlier in the show, um, just unsolicited kind of like bugging people to either rate, review, anything like that. There's just constantly, Amazon's constantly pushing people to not do that. And they want to be like this holy grail of your customer is king. Do not bug them to the point where you are being quote spammy. And I think that's the hardest thing for people to understand is you just kind of have to let the customer be the customer and you can't do that. You have to start from the, the front end, right? You have to do the legwork and then make, let the product shine. So Exactly. Um, yeah, constantly being updated. Do you have a Facebook group that you, you suggest people join? Uh, it could be yours. It could be anyone else's. Um, I don't have one in particular. I just sort of subscribe you know, to all of them. Yeah. And, and kind of see what's happening. And I mean, I'll also go weeks where I'm not paying as close of attention as I should, because I feel like just staying on top of right. Facebook groups is more than a full time job. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a separate tab on my computer. That I'm constantly just like looking at updates. It's just a job in itself. Yeah. For sure. But I think that's also why it's helpful to be in a lot of them, because then if you start to see that something's coming up, and there's a, a pattern and it's not just like one person saying one thing in one group, but like, oh yeah, somebody's saying something about this here and somebody's saying something about this here. Then it's okay. sort of an indication of this is something to dig into right. a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a constantly evolving. And, you know, you mentioned like the, email and spammy side of things. But I think a perfect example of something that is trendy, but is also really risky is when you go into like the insert space, you know, and like a lot of there are products that I still receive from Amazon, you know, just as for my own personal shopping, that the insert is very clearly violating Amazon's, um, you know, rules about how to engage around asking for reviews. And I think that some people might see those things and take it as an indication of, okay, well, I, I can get away with that. And sure, they may be getting away with it, but at some point they may not. And you can do things in a way that does play by the rules and it may not be quite as direct towards getting that review as you would like, but it's also something that... But in my opinion, it's it's just better to right. play by. And I'll, and I'll plug even a show that we just released, or will be released, actually. Uh, we just had a recording with Paul Barron with Chat Marketing University. His big, uh, and maybe you know him, Paul, or Emma. Uh, Paul is somebody whose big uh, loyalty revolves around both chatbots and mini chat, but also just the insert game in general. Um, he, he walks through, we spend about an hour and 20 minutes just walking through how that looks, what's TOS compliant, what's not. So check that out on YouTube. Um, I'll give myself a quick plug on that. And then we'll be releasing that on, uh, this, sh this show, obviously, as well as our other shows that we'll, we'll have, um, on all of the, uh, podcast streaming places, Spotify, Apple podcasts, things like that. So, um, I had a question and I was going to, um, Maybe, maybe we'll wrap up this last couple of minutes that we have with you um, with about just some of the new news that was released about Amazon Prime Day. Um, what are you as a business, what are you kind of prepping people for? Obviously, it's, it's a little hard to like get more inventory there like on a three weeks uh, notice, but I believe it's coming around, you know, next week or the week after. It's this, uh it's, it's coming up quick. 13th what, what and 14th of right. October. So yeah, Gosh, we're at less week. than 10. Yeah, it's, it's right around the, it's right Before, around the By corner. the time this goes out, yeah, we might be at Prime Day already. Like, but, shoot. Uh, you yeah, know, what, are you, what are you advising your clients to do currently? What, what can they do right now? This last So minute? I think there are a few things to keep in mind because obviously Prime Day is now being rolled into the whole Q4 holidays, everything. And I've already started seeing articles uh, from various news sources that holiday shopping has begun. So a lot mm -hmm. of companies are pushing people to start their shopping much earlier. Um, I think also a lot of people are 
you know, this is a hard time for all of us not to go back to that too much, but you know, the holidays are a joyful time. And so it right. gives something to get excited about. Like I've never seen so many people go all out with Halloween decorations as I've seen this year. Like I, I feel like every... window right now it's, it's right there. <laughs> we, we've already like, done it. It's happening. And, and so I'm sure that it's going to be the same for, for Christmas, but so, you know, the holiday shopping has already begun. I, I think that it will only intensify around prime day and, and moving forward. I think it's safe to say that whatever this holiday season ends up looking like, it's going to be very different than what anybody has previously experienced. And my main point of advice is, a lot of times people start to get anxious and they start playing around with things when it's too close to be playing around with it. Right. So like you shouldn't be making huge adjustments to your to your listing on the night of October 12th. You know, like <laughs> please don't do we're begging you, please don't do that, everyone. As a business right, consultant, like, <laughs> she is telling you, don't do that, please. <laughs> but every year people want to do those things. So, you know, while it may be getting a little bit down to the wire to be making adjustments for Prime Day, you do still have a little bit of time to be making your preparations for the holidays. But like, those should be happening now. Ideally, right. they should have already happened. And so it's also thinking about what can you do to set yourself up for a successful 2021? You know, it's not right. just the holidays. And and a lot of products aren't necessarily the most giftable of items. And just because you put up a photo that shows Santa Claus handing your product, you know, in front of a Christmas tree, it doesn't mean that everybody's suddenly going to see that and be like, oh, yes, the best Christmas, Christmas yeah. gift ever. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, exactly. understanding... Um, those sorts of things. And if this isn't a special time of year for your business, then use this time to get ahead for 2021. Um, so those would be my main. And I, and I thought like something you always bring up is like, don't plan around just like promotional days like this or like Q4, obviously your business should be all constantly evolving. You should always be rechecking yourself. You should always be reanalyzing your listings, your products, like across the board, you should always be doing that. Um, well, what's something that, that you're excited to be working on for people into 2021? Do you foresee, you know, it, do you see any other major changes coming down the road? Do you, do you, well, what's kind of that prep work that you're kind of prepping your, I said prep work, prepping for your clients, uh, to go into next year? Like, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of the people that we work with, they don't necessarily have those like big holiday gifting products. And so we are using this time to really get ahead for the next year so that, you know, we're already doing that website work and some of those other things that a bunch of other people may be really busy with the holiday rush and they can be using this time to get ahead. But I, I mean, for, for us, what we are really working on is helping with that branding piece and helping uh, companies, you know, because also a lot of people that are in e-commerce right now, you have an advantage. You have, you know, you're ahead of, of the game and there's, it's just going to become more crowded and more competitive as mm -hmm. businesses that were dragging their feet about going online have started to understand that they just don't have any other option or people see, you know, people are looking for a career change or whatever the case may be. So think about what you can do, not just to make this a lucrative holiday season, but what can you do to maintain your advantage if you're already being successful? So are there things that you've been able to get away with because the competition wasn't as fierce and that it may be time to be giving a closer eye to so that you can really continue to grow in the way that you hope to in the coming years? Awesome. Well, I think that's just great to end on, I think. Uh, I want to thank you so much for jumping on. I know we, we kind of went all over the place. I think that just conversations like this are just so insightful for people to learn about the human side of business. Um, just if, if you as an entrepreneur can do it, obviously people can, people can do it. Obviously um, no background preps you for what, you know, your job is going to be in Amazon space. Um, but I just think the insight 
I'll, I'll give you a plug right now. If you're, if you're looking guys for, for helping your product listing, contact Emma, how can they get in contact with you? We are at marketingbyemma.com. We're on Facebook at Marketing by Emma. Uh, you can send an email to hello at marketingbyemma.com. And we also offer free listing analysis. So if you're not sure whether your listing is doing what it should be doing, or you feel like you're trying everything and you're just not converting in the way that you know you can and should be, uh, you can go to our website, marketingbyemma.com slash free analysis and fill out that form and we'll provide you with some free feedback about things that you should be considering uh, to really take your listing to the next level. Awesome. Well, that's, well thank you so much again, uh, Emma, for joining us today. Again, everyone, this is Crossover Commerce. We're here. Uh, you're going to be seeing me a lot this week. Uh, we're going to be uh, coming back, uh, I want to say, you know, multiple times this week, um, releasing episodes, our podcasts, uh, live online here on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Emma, thank you so much. Uh, be safe out there. Um, good luck on your other two talks this week. <laughs> you're a busy person. Thank you, so. thank yeah. you Ryan. Yeah. This was great. I love talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.